Are you wearing a breastfeeding top? I am. Are you breastfeeding? No. I do, I do, you know what? I just reached for whatever was clean in my wardrobe. And oh, that's dire. It is. Bottom of the barrel, if that's what you've got to reach for. Babe, I have like 20 loads of laundry to do. So you're not having a third baby? No. Well, then get rid of this shit. Why have, have you still got it? I don't know, but it's got to go. Pass it on. By the way, I have a new life goal. Oh. My goal is to have a housekeeper who comes and folds my laundry. Oh dream. Don't know how long it's going to take me to get there, but I just see such value in that. I think I've decided that I will happily eat rice and tuna yep. for lunch every day for the rest of my life to have someone come and fold my fucking laundry. Do you know what? When we were in Tassie last weekend, and this always happens to me when I get a taste of the good life, I'm like, I need to be a Bitcoin billionaire. Yes. I want the good life. Do you understand Bitcoin? No. Neither. <laughs> By Bitcoin billionaire, I just mean a general vibe of like someone incredibly successful and rich. You know, I get a taste and I want that sweet, sweet experience every day of the week. <laughs> well, then you know what we need to do? What? Is get back to work and get into this episode. Yeah, that's why they pay me the medium bucks. <laughs> We have a thousand things to do, but we'd rather chat to you. With emails and meetings and husbands and kids, we don't have time for this. Just what you need to basic bitches with a podcast. Hello and welcome to We Don't Have Time For This. I'm your host, Gemma Pranita, a.k.a. Gemma Peanut on the gram, along with my co-host... Oh my God. Wow. Did you just yawn in my face? I'm so sorry. I'm not sleeping. Oh my God, your yawn's contagious. (laughs) Now I'm yawning too. (laughs) Sorry, everyone. Hi, Rev's here. Just haven't been sleeping very much. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. I've got night creepers. I've uh, been on deadline. I'm just, you know, sometimes I just get in my head and I don't sleep. Yeah, I've been experiencing a bit of insomnia. I don't like well. to call it insomnia because I feel like then it stays around. Ah. I prefer to just go, haven't been sleeping. Casual. <laughs> Keep it cash. If I diagnose myself, I'll get in a loop. I'm like, oh, I've got insomnia. No, oh, I'm never going to sleep ever again. This is my life now. Look at you spiraling. <laughs> <laughs> well, Raffle was up from 3 a.m. till 4.30 a.m. this morning. Oh, my God. So this is so new for her. Yeah. So she's now doing awake at night. As in... Mummy, can we play? No. Can I watch a movie? No. I'm hungry. No. At 3 a.m. No. Kills me. (laughs) Where did this come from? I have no idea. I hope it is a stage that does not linger for long. I remember some massive sleep regression starting for Teddy when he was three. I feel like you just fall from one regression to another. Sometimes I think we're so regressed, there's no further we can regress. Like, what could the next regression be? I know that there's people who hate the word regression oh, yeah. when talking about your children. Like, it's not a regression. It's part of their developmental. It's a leap. They prefer the word leap because it's this idea of like, I'm leaping forwards with my progress in development, whereas regression feels like you're going backwards. Yeah, well, but that's I'm what like, it is. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, mate, no, my kid is legit going backwards on the sleep stuff. Fuck that bullshit right in the face, going <laughs> forward, progressing. No, three to four is fucked. Okay. I feel torn because there is a side of three that I am loving. Oh, yeah. Personality, beautiful. Yep. Language, yep. explosion. Conversation. Full conversations, yep. full chats. Relationship like, is seriously deepening. Yes. Yep. Yep. But like the general day-to-day bullshit. Yep. Fuck off. You know what Raf said to me the other day? What? She came downstairs with no clothes on. And I was like, Rafa, 
why aren't you wearing any clothes? And mind you, it's like nine degrees. It's freezing. Cold AF. And she's like, mommy, I don't like clothes. And I said, <laughs> why don't you like clothes? And she goes, because they're not my favorite. Okay. So I was like, cool. What's your favorite? And she goes, being naked. Hey, I respect it. Same. She's a nudist. I'm learning to embrace it. My kids come in the front door and strip at the door. Yeah. Whole uniform off, daycare clothes off, shoes off, socks off, nude. And I'm like, oh my God, please go wipe your butt so you don't smear <laughs> shit on the furniture. <laughs> oh, gross. But like, yeah, just lean in, I guess. They're allowed to be nude at home. No, you know what? I've already just started, and I mean started, to get comfortable with the fact that Rafa just never wears shoes. <laughs> She's a barefoot wanderer. I've accepted. She takes That's after her dad. That's such a whimsical label. <laughs> you know, she's a barefoot wanderer. <laughs> she is. She's like her dad. Always wondering. Always wondering. <laughs> <laughs> it's never stop wondering. Sorry. Never stop oh, fuck. wondering. I fucked it up. You did. Anyway, she's a whimsical barefoot nudist. Yeah. Who lives by the beach. It's everything you ever dreamt of. Yeah, with her Rapunzel hair. Or should I say Rapunzel Oh, hair. God. Love it. <laughs> yeah, three to four can get in the bin. I mean, I'm through it and I'm already, I'm still reeling. I'm no, still reeling no, from three I'm to four. I'm not about putting it in the bin. I am <sighs> in the process of learning to halt time. Okay. Do you know what? I just look at Rafa and I'm like, who dis? I know. Where's my baby? Her face is changing. Her face is changing. She's become long and lanky. Yeah. Her teeth yeah. have adjusted since she was dummy weaned. I hate to say it, dear listeners, but Rafa's teeth were getting effed up by the dummy. I didn't have a problem with it because, hey, it's a rite of passage now to have braces or Invisalign. Our generation didn't have that. The next gen will no, have that. spiraling. I'm spiraling. <laughs> but... She's just grown up so much and my heart aches when I look at her and Iggy's my last baby and my heart aches even more and I'm like, you know what? I need to relish and savour every minute of this age and stage. Or have another one. No. (laughs) What? 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 No. (laughs) Like, no. If you love babies so fucking much, have more. (laughs) I didn't say I love babies so fucking much. I just said I'm enjoying the age and stage my kids are currently at. I heard I love babies so much. (laughs) I would have three, four more babies, give them away at one, get them back at four. I just don't want any more toddler shit. And I, I don't know why I'm so angry about this because I'm kind of through it. You're quite ragey today. I'm, I'm tired. Of, yeah, I can right? see that. I can see I'm that. I'm on the edge. Would you know what might remedy that? What? No, you're going to hate me for saying this. You're going to be like, shut the fuck up. But I've been doing a bit of a spring cleaning in my house. I know. There's the eye roll. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I finally, finally got to the cupboards that have just been sitting neglected, rammed full of shit, (laughs) begging to be decluttered, and I finally did one. Did one? How many have you got to go? Oh, a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I started with the linen closet. Great. I feel like I need to preface this with a bit of a scenario setup. So, dear listeners, our family moved into this house the day Iggy was born. (laughs) Because if you haven't... Worked it out yet. Jem likes to fuck herself up with her life schedule. I love when it rains, it pours. Yeah, just load it up. Bring it on. Let's have a baby, bring a new life into the world and move house on the same day. Yeah, it, look, it wasn't. It was a nightmare. <laughs> and to give you the full scope, Iggy was induced. Yeah. And all my kids love the womb, want to hang out in the womb, never want to leave. It must be really comfy in there. I bet you have a beautiful womb. Yeah. I bet it's got... 
beautiful rainbow tapestries and like like earth tone rugs. Obvi. The ambiance would be beautiful. The playlists are mint. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of my babies wanted to leave. Well, I okay. Get it. Hey. I remember my obstetrician said. I feel like we need a plan to get Iggy out. And I said, yes, because I am very pro-induction. I am full of positive induction stories. If anyone's fearful of having an induction, because for whatever reason, there's a bunch of people who give inductions a bad rap out there, skate mine to my DMs. I can assure you that inductions can be a beautiful birthing experience. Okay, I digress. Let's get back to the story. So I was with my obstetrician and my obstetrician said, let's call the hospital and book in an induction. So she's on the phone and I can hear her go, yep, I'd love to book in an induction for Gemma. Yep, um, on the 4th of January. Oh, okay. Yep, no worries. How about the 5th? Okay, the 6th? <laughs> is, is there an availability on the 7th? Oh, my God. No, 8th. Oh, yep, yep. Lucky number for the Chinese community. All booked out. All booked out. 9th. And I was just sitting there being like, dude, like, <laughs> when am I having this flipping baby? <laughs> Anyway, we land on the 10th and I'm like, great, take the 10th. I don't want to wait any longer. Book it all in. Look at my calendar. Move in date. (laughs) Tell my husband. I'm like, "Uh, so I'm booked in for an induction (laughs) on the day we move into our house. And he's like, why would you do that? And I was like, why would you make me wait any longer to have this baby? And basically, my husband moved us into our family home. Yes. So while I was in labor, I was with my Mm mum. She was honestly the best laboring partner oh, ever. And Hubs was shifting boxes with the delivery guys. And bless my husband, while I was in hospital with Iggy, I was in hospital for six days because I had a... He made the birth, by the way. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I feel like that's a detail you really need to drop in there. He wasn't just like, yeah, I'm good. You go go do that and I'll I'll do this bit. (laughs) Do you know what? He turned up right as they were putting the epidural in my back and my husband was like, I've nailed it. I don't have to massage you. I don't have to listen to you moan and groan. Don't have to hear your deep earth woman sounds. <laughs> what do you what do you make sounds when you're in labor? Yeah, I'm a banshee. Give us an example. Look, I wish I was deep, grounded earth woman. Yeah. Hear me roar, but instead I'm like a ah! <laughs> like moaning myrtle. Yeah, I am moaning myrtle. I am completely silent. I know. And this blows my mind yeah. about you. Dear listeners, for as long as I've known Revs, if you were to ask me, how do you think Revs would go in labor? <laughs> I would pick like the cliched Hollywood movie where the woman in labor is like, it's coming! <laughs> and unbelievably, she fully goes into herself, internalizes completely. You just get in the zone. I get in the zone. I'm focused. I want to get it done. I don't know. I love birth. I feel like I go to another dimension, but I'm very quiet and it's very discombobulating for everyone else in the room. Apparently, I'm not aware. I'm just getting this baby born, you know? I'm in the zone. I'm in a place. I'm focused. But yeah, apparently for everyone else in the room, they're like, so (laughs) how's the pain? And I'm like, just breathing in the bath with my eyes closed. Everyone's like, okay. It's amazing. <laughs> it's bizarre. You're a surprise package. I'm yeah, not I mean, I surprised myself. Wouldn't have picked that for you. Yeah. But also, conversely, wouldn't have picked me to be a screaming banshee. Wouldn't to- we? Wouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> if you'd asked me what you'd be like in labour, I would have thought you would have been a little bit more drama school, like doing the like, oh, oh, <laughs> sounds. And then I'd imagine that it would peak to like, get this fucking baby out of me. Get this motherfucker. Get out of me! Like, I'm like, 
really like panicky. I will say there was a tinge of drama school in there because every moan that I did with each contraction, I hit the same note. So I would go, ah, my back's breaking. Ah, make it stop. Oh, okay, that contraction's gone. Mentally gear myself up for the next one. Ah, here it comes. And I just hit that same note every single time. The second I asked for the epidural, I felt the collective relief of the midwives. Like they were like, get her the fucking epidural. Yeah, get in here. She's asked for it. Shut this We're, choir bitch up. Seriously. And when I finally shut up and was calm after the epidural, they literally came in and were like, okay, oh, you must feel really good now that you're not yelling. I'm going to go take my break now. <laughs> exactly. But you know what? You know, calm birth, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. training. Mm-hmm. I love it when people say to me, oh, I did calm birth throughout mm-hmm. my labor. And I go, yeah, I did calm birth too. And then they go, oh, so you did a drug-free birth. And I go, no, I had all the drugs. <laughs> and then you became calm. Exactly. Yeah. Where's the course for everyone who just wants drugs? <laughs> there is no course. You just fucking take the drugs. And guess what? You still have a calm birth. <sighs> anyway... Back to how you moved into this house. The point of my long-winded story is that I never got to move us into this house. Yes. Now, while many people would be like, dude, you dodged a bullet. Yeah. Like, you missed all the hard work. Mm -hmm. My husband, bless him, wanted to unpack every single box so that I came home to a fully moved-in house. Like, he had this idea where he was like, oh, my God, how cool would it be if Gem, like, came home with Iggy and I had, like, done it all. Yeah. Very, very sweet. Very Very thoughtful. Yes. But... (laughs) He's married to me. He put shit in the wrong place. Dude. (laughs) Have you heard the term pack away Pete? I feel like you need to do an alphabet of all your characters. (laughs) Like sensible Sandy. Irresponsible Isabel. (laughs) Yeah, my husband when he's drunk is irresponsible Isabel. When he's sober, he's sensible Sandy. But when he moved us into this house, he became Packaway Pete. <laughs> Packaway Pete don't know shit about packing away shit in the right places. Okay? I'm talking undies in like a buffet drawer instead of the wardrobe drawer. Amazing. You know, cutlery in the office. Like just shit in the wrong places. It's like, thank you for the sentiment. It was very sweet. But I'm going to have to undo all of your work and you've just created more work for me. Bless him. Bless him. I love my husband so much. No good deed goes unpunished. I know. I feel so bad saying this. Anyway, so I have lived in this house now for a year and a half with shit in weird places. Yes. Not able to find things. Mm-hmm. So I've decided to finally reorganize. Great. I'm cleansing. I'm decluttering my mind <laughs> as I go through the process of decluttering this house. Now, I work from home, so yeah. I spend a lot of time in this house. Yeah. Probably too much time. Yep. <laughs> so it's very, very therapeutic to work my way through every single cupboard and drawer. It looks beautiful downstairs. Thank you. It's getting there. The big beast was the linen closet. Okay. The bigger beast is the storeroom. <laughs> See, this is why you need one cupboard in your whole life. Then there's no cupboards to declutter. I know. I cannot tell you the zen place I'm at that I don't have a garage, under house storage, an attic, those places that you just chuck shit and it piles up over years. I don't have any of those spaces, so I don't have any of those spaces to declutter. I have one cupboard. One. Well, this is the pro of apartment living. Or yeah. Living anywhere where you have a lack of storage. Yes. Is you're forced to cleanse as you go because yes. you literally have nowhere to put it. And 12 months ago, I banned the junk drawer. So good. That was next level zen. Why do we have a junk drawer? You don't need a junk drawer. 
Nobody needs a junk drawer. You don't need a junk drawer. If it goes in the junk drawer, it can go in the trash. <laughs> What's in your junk drawer? Dead batteries. Elastic bands. Pen lids. Bottle openers. Old bills that you've maybe paid, maybe haven't paid. Paper clips. Hair elastic. Rogue bobby pins. Chuck it the fuck away. Nah. That's just the drawer that you can't ever properly open or close because it's just <laughs> rattling around with stuff that should have gone in the bin. Do you know what I can't stand? What? Is the cord drawer. Don't have one of those either. You know when you just like collect electronics and Not then all anymore. of a sudden... Okay. Okay. Okay, Miss Cleansed. <laughs> Look at you with your cleansed life. Uh, it's because I've moved house five times in two years or something. That'll do it to you. Fair call. I have a confession to make. Oh. One of the things that launched this need to reorganize the drawers, and I'm nervous to say this because oh my husband listens to the potty every now and then, yeah. is I can't find my engagement ring. <gasps> Gemma. I know. Gemma. I know. Oh my God. If the good mum hears this, she's on her way over to murder you. <laughs> I know. She was the diamond mule for that ring through South America. I know. I know that's not the biggest issue here, but I just instantly went to her. Okay, hear me out. (laughs) Prayers for the good (laughs) mum. The other night we had some friends over and the conversation came up about rings. And then I was like, oh, I really miss my engagement ring because I haven't been able to wear it for four years since I was pregnant with Rafa because I had major swelling Mm -hmm. fluid. And then through pregnancy, my knuckles moved and grew and my rings never fitted. It's a glamorous life. (laughs) So sexy. (laughs) And I've always had in the back of my mind, it's okay because I'm going to get my ring reset. Mm Before you skate into my DMs and say, you don't need to reset, you can resize. I can't resize because my ring band is so thin that if you make it any thinner, the parves won't stay in You've done your research. Done my research. It's a full reset situation. Haven't got my shit together. Anyway, going back to the catch up with friends, Hubs was like, babe, why don't you just grab your ring and see if it fits? Yeah, because it might fit again. And then I started to think, hey, maybe now's a good time to get it finally reset. Went upstairs, went to the spot where I thought it was, not there. Went to another spot, not there. Went to another spot, not there. Tried all the spots that seem obvious to me where a ring might be, not there. I feel a bit sick about this. So Hubs was like, have you lost it? Have you lost the ring? And then I got all defensive and I was like, I wasn't the one who moved us into this house. Whoever's put shit away in this house has put it somewhere that is impossible for me to find. Pack away Pete strikes again. Yeah. Pack away Pete. Where's the ring? And he was like, I don't know. You better find it. And I was like, you better find it. And then we got in this tiff over the ring. Oh my God. So this is partly why I'm going through the process of cleansing because I'm hoping I find my ring. Oh my God. And it's a beautiful ring. I have a ring that I want to reset. My yeah. Nana's ring. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, and it's... Um, What's a stone? It's a diamond. It's it's little. It's beautiful. But she has tiny little 95-year-old bird fingers. Um, <laughs> Just got... imagining talons. <laughs> Did she have long nails? Did yes. she have claws? She had my nails. Aww. Yeah. Anyway, she left it for me when she passed away. And it, I want to wear it on my body. Mm. I don't want it to sit in a drawer collecting dust until I eventually give it to Isla. And she puts it in a drawer collecting dust. Like, I do want it to be worn. But I, I don't really know what to do with it. I'm not really in, like, necklace. Like, I've got my necklace. You Could know? you not take the diamond and, and put it into a beautiful ring? setting? Yeah. yeah. I'm all about upcycling jewellery, especially diamonds. Yeah. I say that like I've done it before. <laughs> I was going to say, and when have you ever done this? I've never done When it. have you ever fucking done this? <laughs> I am all about upcycling diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> never done it in my life. I'm such a shit talker. Oh. <laughs> All right, well, maybe we should go see a jeweler. 
Yes. Oh, we can do it together. If you find your fucking stone, yeah. you diamond let down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so crushed for your hubs. Why are you crushed for him? Because it's your responsibility. Imagine the arguments we're going to have if we never find the ring. Oh, my God. I know. I can't handle this. Neither can I. That's why I'm working my way through every single drawer and cupboard in this damn I house. I reckon you need someone with a metal detector to come to your house and try and seek it out. It's not a bad idea. Yeah. I mean, I think there's other metal shit here, but I don't know. <laughs> Maybe there's a professional out there who can, like, find it. Oh, God. So many of our friends have done this shit. Actually, <laughs> now that I think of it. The good mum. Yes. She's lost hers. Yes. Yeah. The good mum has lost her engagement ring. Yeah. She's not called the good wife. She's called <laughs> the good mum. <laughs> here you were calling her my diamond mule. Well, she was. She schlepped that ring from America to South America through fucking jungles, slid it into your hubs's pocket. Yeah. Well, a thankless job. Well, you know what? She's going to get me. She's going to be like, babe. I see you. I validate your feelings. I too have lost my engagement ring. Like down the skirting board. Or something. It's a mystery, isn't it? Where I hers know, went. Hers was insured. Yeah, because so, she's good at life. I know. <laughs> Fuck you, good mum. Can I tell you one of my favourite proposal stories? Of course. So, someone I know, her partner wanted to propose to her on this beautiful pier at sunrise and got her out of bed, walked down. She's like looking out at the view and he got down on one knee and said, Will you marry me? Opened the ring box with a little too much force and the ring popped out of the box and fell through the decking into the water. No. And it's that thing where he's like, will you marry me? Pop. Oh, yes, but the, oh, shit. Oh, fuck the ring. Yes, I do want to marry you. Is yeah, We need to sort this shit out. <laughs> we need to scuba dive. And he literally spent three hours with a snorkel trying to find the ring and he found it. Oh, my God. Yes. Amazing. Can you imagine how stressful that Oh, my be? God, the adrenaline. What a day. What a great story. Right. Way better than just like, will you marry me? Chuck it on. Woo. Selfie. <laughs> like, That's like my story. <laughs> no, it's not. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> You've got a lovely proposal story. Yeah, you have to tell it now. Nah. You have to tell it or you're going to get skated in. Don't want to. Tell it. You know what? Skate on in. Cliffhanger in the next episode. <laughs> oh, my God, you bitch. <laughs> so, Revzy, mm. now that we are halfway through this episode, yeah. is there anything you don't have time for this There's week? There's a lot. There's a lot. But I really don't have time for sick days. Oh, yeah. So, I had to have some sick days earlier this week. Isla had to have a sick day. You need to clear your throat. <laughs> <laughs> I have not been well. I fought it for a long time. I slammed the armor force. We went to Tassie. That was super fun. You know, when you're just like, nope, no, no, I do not have time to be sick. I cannot handle this right now. There is not space in my life for an illness. And I tried to ignore it. And then here it is. Here it is. Hi. It's ugly head. And my boss, who's amazing, was like, look, admit you're sick. And go home. (laughs) Go to bed. I know. COVID times, people just don't tolerate that shit. It's really orkies. You can't turn up to work with even like a hoarse voice or a little bit of a cough or a tickle or anything. Even when I have wasabi with my sashimi at lunch in the office, if I get a bit of a cough, I'm like, oh, fuck. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. Sorry. I'm fine. I've had a test. (laughs) (laughs) It's so stressful coughing in public now. And you can't send your kids to care or to school with any kind of snot or cough or anything. You just can't do it because it's not cool. But then, then what happens, Jem? All the work piles up mm. and you take one sick day, but then you've got to do two work days in one day and it just like it just rolls on and rolls on and rolls on. Yeah, and then you can't get on top of and it. And you ever. can't get on top of it. I'm sorry you're having a hard time. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I 
hope you feel better soon. I'm fine. It's just, you know. Life. Oh, life. Oh, life. Oh, life. Do, 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 do. Life. Do, 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 do. life. life. Oh, life. Do, 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 do. I feel better now. Thank you for that meditation. <laughs> Desiree. Thanks, Desiree. Queen Desiree. Oh, she sees us. She sees us. She saw us before we saw ourselves. <laughs> Profound. Do you know what I'm struggling to have time for this week? <laughs> Reframe. Yep. I'm struggling a bit with the intensity of the promotion of gentle parenting. Oh, talk it up. Hear me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like this movement for gentle parenting has pros. Obviously, mm-hmm. we all want to be able to communicate better with our kids through gentle parenting. Define gentle parenting. Is it how you approach discipline? Not just discipline, because it might be something like when your toddler refuses to get in their car seat. Oh, right. You know, they haven't done anything wrong. But oh, is just... the advice not to pick them up by under their arms and like push them flailing into their car seat and tell them they can have a lollipop if they put their belts on? Don't <laughs> straight up scream at them, get in the fucking car! <laughs> you know, it's gentle parenting where the expectation on you as a mother is to remain have a conversation calm. with them and remain calm. Get down on their level. Get down on their level, explain, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> explain. Mummy really needs you to get into the car because mummy is 15 fucking minutes late and this is going to add 25 minutes to how late we're going to be when we turn up to the thing that I don't want to go to in the first place that I have to take you to because you need to go for your personal development. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you know I'm a huge fan of Janet Lansbury. Yes, she's rye. She's the rye method. Right. Yeah. Didn't know that, but I just love listening to her podcast. Yeah, she's fantastic. Unruffled. Yeah. And I use the car seat example because Rafa went through this phase where she just would not get in and it became this Tom and Jerry cat and mouse chase around the car yeah. um, while I wrestled to get her into her car seat. So I was like, okay, I need to go find a Janet Lansbury episode on negotiating with toddlers. And Janet, it's all that gentle parenting where you get on their level, all that shit that you were just saying before. It's it's like Montessori adjacent. Yes, but the problem that I have Mm -hmm. is she never explains the teachings with the possibility of time pressures. Do you know what I mean by that? Oh my God, so well put. So it's like... Yes, you know, she's that's like, the missing ingredient from is. all this gentle parenting is, t- is. is schedules. <laughs> because sometimes I don't have time mm. to spend 25 minutes mm-hmm. explaining to my toddler why they need to get in their car seat. Right. And so I lean on all those tactics that you're not supposed to, like bribery yeah. or yelling or manhandling, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And you know what? I don't know if our parents had gentle parenting approach. No, and they didn't. I feel like we turned out okay. Uh, you know, everyone thinks they turned out okay, <laughs> but I think we're all pretty fucked up. <laughs> but here's a thought. Are we fucking up our kids? Are we setting them up for failure by doing this gentle parenting? Because you know what? The world ain't gentle. No. It can disappoint you. The world's a real cunt. <laughs> it is. Whoa. <laughs> what? What? Dear listeners. Rev said to me, do you know how badly I want to drop the C-bomb on the potty? And I was like, you will do no such thing. I just did it. You know what? I feel kind of relieved for you. Oh, it feels good. It feels good. It feels good to be myself. <laughs> Say it again. Cunt. Oh, my God. It hurts. Oh, it does not. You love a C-bomb. Drop your ochre C-foam fucking driftwood bullshit, chubby. 
You love to drop the C-bomb. Yeah, but I use it sparingly. Well, I don't... I use it sparingly. I know. This is the first time in 30 episodes that we've (laughs) used the C-bomb. No, you're right. The world is not gentle. But what's the opposite of that? You're going to be like, well, the world's unfair, so I want my household to be unfair. (laughs) You know, that's not what you want either. No, but I think it's okay, and we've talked about this, to show your children that you have a limit. Yes, yes. As a parent. And that sometimes you get pushed into a corner where you feel like raising your voice at your child because you're like, guys... This behavior is not okay. You've maxed me out and I'm getting angry and I'm upset and I'm disappointed. You know what I mean? Yes. Sometimes you need to let them see that people have limits. Absolutely. I think about it differently. I don't think about it as as a behavior, as in I think what gentle parenting is trying to do at the crux of it and Montessori and all those things is actually make resilient, independent kids because you arm them with the responsibility for their actions. Yes. So it's not about this behavior is unacceptable, which I like because I don't think any human responds well to being shamed or told they're bad, right? And that's what traditional discipline is. It's like shaming someone for their bad behavior. I understand like sometimes behavior is not acceptable and you have to discipline, but I think this method is more about like, hey, can you see that you're actually shifting the mood in the room or that your loud voice is disturbing other people's, you know, it's it's just more about bringing it into empathy rather than like, shush, don't do that. You're not allowed to do that. Yes, I 100% agree. And I think it is about teaching your kids to manage their emotions better because yeah. in the world, you need to learn to exist in a way where you can't let your temper get completely out of control. So I feel like you as a parent have to then model that for your children. But the thing about this huge gentle parent movement, and I'm seeing it a lot on Instagram, is it's just another layer of pressure to Mm. add to parents to keep their shit together for the sake of modeling that kind of behavior for their kids and sometimes I don't know if it's detrimental. Do you know what I mean? I do know. Like sometimes I think it's okay to be like because I said no. Yeah. You know, like I have found myself when Rafa says, but why can't I have a marshmallow at seven o'clock in the morning before breakfast? Yeah. And I sometimes just find myself saying, because mummy said so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I know because mummy said so doesn't validate their feelings or help them to understand why they can't. Yeah, I should explain. Because we have breakfast food and, you know, yeah, marshmallows. You need are, your nutrition before yeah, you like have all your that stuff. But when I'm trying to get two kids ready yeah. out the door to daycare... Yeah. I don't have time. And it goes back to that time situation where I don't feel like there's parenting that teaches you how to manage that under a time pressure. Totally. I've thought a lot about this when I had younger kids. Yeah. I really am fine to lose my shit occasionally. I'm not like losing my shit every day. But when I do lose my shit, I'm okay with it because it's about the repair for me. Yes, I so agree. I'm fine for them to see I have limits, that they push me too far, that I got cross. That's fine. Because I'm happy to have that conversation with them afterwards that is like, sorry, mommy got really overwhelmed there and label the feelings because that's like something I want for them. Yes. And, you know, say I I felt really pushed. I was frustrated because you weren't listening. I asked three times, you know, explain it to them, break it down and say, but I'm sorry that I lost my temper and I'm sorry if that scared you. And mommy got mad, didn't she? And just label it and uh, like acknowledge it. Don't kind of gaslight them that it never happened. But what about a scenario? Say, for example, we use the car seat thing again, yep. where I've absolutely lost it at Rafa and she's crying and then I'm basically with hot, red, ragey tears in my eyes. Drive her to daycare, drop her off because I'm running late. Then I've got to drop Iggy off. Then the day happens. 
and I pick her up from daycare and she's happy as a clam. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't go back yeah, to Yeah, would I bother addressing it? No, I wouldn't. No. no. In that situation, I don't think so. No. But yeah, I guess sometimes we've lost the ability to just go with our instincts and forgive ourselves for things in the moment because there's all these parenting guidelines and rules and we all have fears about fucking up our kids. And I feel like there's so much pressure now to parent the right way, to talk to your children the right way, use the right kind of language. And it overwhelms me. And while I'm in the throes of managing two toddlers, I just feel like, shut up with your parenting advice. Totally. First of all, this is definitely a niche book you should write. (laughs) Parenting under time constraints. (laughs) (laughs) The busy parent. That's every parent. I know, I know. You know what? We all need to hold hands and say, we're going to fuck our kids up. We don't know how we're going to fuck them up, but we are. That's kind of what generations do. One generation fucks up the next one in a particular way they didn't mean to, that they didn't see coming. Like the boomers, they fucked us up. We're fine. But they gave us things that they didn't see coming because they were just recovering from the way their parents fucked them up. Yeah, they're a product of their upbringing. We are going to fuck our kids up, but we can also love the shit out of them at the same time. And I feel like if we just accept we're going to fuck them up and that we don't know how we're going to fuck them up, because it's not going to be how we put them in the car seat. It's going to be something else we do that we just do inherently because of our personalities or our generation. Yes. I think if we can just go, all right, I'm going to fuck you up in some way, but I'm also going to love the shit out of you and be here for you and pay for your therapy. (laughs) (laughs) I agree that you can never love bomber child enough. I think kids need to feel that security of feeling loved. But I don't shy away from telling Rafa life's not fair. Yeah, because it's big I'd, in your house, isn't it? It is big in my house. My mum brought me up that way saying, I'm sorry, darling, but sometimes life isn't fair. And I'm not afraid to use that term because I don't want to set her up yeah. to go out into the world thinking it's fair. Yeah. There are huge injustices yeah. in this world. Yeah. So she needs to understand that bad shit happens to good people. Yeah. And sometimes bad people get away with shit that yeah. they shouldn't. Totally. So it galvanizes her for a life where she can carve her own path knowing that it's not always going to go how she wants it to go. I think yes. that's awesome. Okay, good. Thank yeah. you for validating my feelings. No, I because think that's awesome. I read something that was very against that sentence. Oh. That you shouldn't use that kind of language and you should use only encouraging words and da-da-da-da-da. And right. I just think... That's coddling, isn't it? It's coddling, but also like you're putting your child on this pedestal of a very protected life mm. that like, I feel like it would be quite jarring for a child to live under your roof where you protect them from all the injustices and then or they... the frailties of humans yeah and then they go out into the big bad world and then they're gonna fall at the first step when they are confronted with unfair treatment yeah i'm i'm i've just couldn't agree more with you which is not making for a good podcast segment (laughs) but i just i really agree like the big sentence we say in our house is this is not your problem to fix i need context around that so i think what you're what people are trying to protect kids from is feeling like they need to fix the situation. So if there's something that's out of their control or not fair or whatever, particularly firstborn attribute, my daughter is absolutely like this and I was like this. People pleasers? People pleasers and fixes. Mm. Like this is an injustice, this isn't fair, this isn't right, I don't like this, therefore I'm going to fix it. Yeah. So the big sentence we say in our house is, this is not your problem to fix. And that can be a thing like something going on with her teacher in the classroom at mm. school, or it can be a friendship spat between two of her other friends. But whenever I see an opportunity to remind her, honey, that is not your problem to fix. That's my big thing at the moment. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, because 
I think you can get yourself really caught up in other people's shit, can't you? Yeah. Life's not fair. You can't fix it. <laughs> That's the big takeaways for our children. Yeah, we're real Debbie Downers. Oh, oh God. Right. Here's your alphabet again. <laughs> we've got D. We've got P. We've got S. We've got... I. I. <laughs> What's A? Asshole Annie. Oh, I know some great Annies. Actually, Annie was one of my... That's a ring box. There's a ring box. What is this? Cufflinks? Let's have a look. Yeah, Imagine if that was your ring. That would have been such good radio. Dude, you made my heart skip a beat. Sorry. Annie was on my baby name list because I know three Annies. And they're awesome. They're all awesome. They're all so different, but they're all just the best of humankind. Mm. Annie was definitely on my list for Isla. Annie Robertson. Mm, Cute. Cute. Little orphan Annie. But she's so Isla. Yeah, she's Isla. You know something I don't have time for lately? Oh, another thing. (laughs) While we're on this topic of fucking people up, people who don't go to therapy. I don't go to therapy. Well, go. Why? Go. People who don't go to therapy put their shit on everyone else around them who doesn't go to therapy. That is such bullshit. No. People who don't go to therapy make other people go to therapy to deal with the person who didn't go to therapy. Let me flip this into a positive way. Do you know what I've got so much time for at the moment? Therapy. Therapy. It's just so good. I'm finding myself gravitating towards other people who do therapy as well because I feel like they're just chill, evolved, processed. I think everyone needs to go and do it. And you can get 20 free ones now, thanks COVID. Look, I know quite a few people who go to therapy and they are. They're very balanced and grounded and can articulate their feelings really well, which I love. But I can't help but like hear their therapist rhetoric oh, come out of their mouth. Like it, just, it makes me lol because I'll be... Look, I'm in full support. I'm not a therapy hater. I've seen psychologists before during times that I need it. Yep. I'm a tune-up rather yep. than an upkeep yep. <laughs> attendee. Yep. But I do laugh when I talk to people and I'm like, that phrase has come straight out of your therapist's mouth. Totally. In fact, hashtag not sponsored, one of these really fun accounts to follow is at my therapist says. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that account. It's good. It's a funny one. Well, while we're sharing funny accounts, I've also got one, yeah. which I highly recommend. Are we done with therapy? <laughs> that convo's done. Oh, sorry. You're like, yeah, yeah, therapy's fine. <laughs> sorry. For- <laughs> Let me tell you about an Instagram account. Look, we'll, we'll go back to your therapy chat if you like, but I do need to share this Instagram account. It's so good. Okay. Dear listeners, if you need a lol, do yourself a favor and check out Siblings or Dating. Oh my God, it's so good. It is one of my Oh my God, you showed me this in Tazzy. It's so good. It's so good. We're not going to give you any context. (laughs) Just go and check it out and enjoy. Oh my God, yes. Thank me later. Yes, such a good reco. Okay, back to your therapy chat. No, look, I just think it's amazing to have good friends, support systems around you, all the things, but also like just put it on a therapist so you can have fun with your friends and family. Right? Sure. If you're dealing with shit, go see a therapist. No, but just generally, everyone's good. <laughs> Do you feel like I need to see a therapist? Yes. Is this your way of yes. telling me? This is my really awkward public way of telling you <laughs> to go to therapy. What am I doing that's bothering no, you? No, I actually think now that you can get, you used to be able to get six, I'm pretty sure you can get 12, or maybe it was 10 and now it's 20. Dear listeners, <laughs> numbers are not my thing. Revs is the most bullshit artist person you've ever met when it comes to numbers. Bullshit artist? I don't know, just on the numbers I'm factor. Not a bullshit artist. Okay. It's difficult for me. I have number blindness. You do. It's really <laughs> intense. Okay, I think it was you used to be able to get six sessions. A- oh, my you God. You need to Google this shit. No, you used to be able to get six sessions free a year on the government, and now you can get double that, which is... 
12. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I just think it's a really valuable thing. Even when I go and I'm like, I have nothing to talk about. I'm like, I leave and I feel lighter and I've gotten some stuff sorted out and some things to process. And I just feel like a more capable human being. That's all. Yeah, look, in the same way that people go to a gym yes. to keep their bodies tuned, yep. I'm all for people doing the same with their minds. Yes. And your mental health, man. If yeah. you haven't got your mental health, what have you got? If you don't have your health, full stop, what have you got? Nada. And that includes your soul, bro. (laughs) Look, this has been loose. Another loosey-goosey. Okay, I have a rogue, not glamorous, not sponsored this week. Go on then. I bought really good ankle socks. Yep. If you're an ankle sock wearer, you know it's hard to get good ones. Either they're like too visible or they're like (laughs) slipped down and they're uncomfortable. Are you disappointed in me? No, I'm not disappointed, but I'm just lolling because I think you've forgotten that you were with me when you bought these ankle socks. And actually, I bought them. And then you were like, three for two? That's a bargain. I can't resist. I'm going to go buy some ankle socks, even though you weren't in the market for ankle socks. Well, now I am. And now you are. And do you know what? I'm going to back you on this knot, Spunny. Oh, that really took a turn. Because I am wearing... <laughs> I thought you were grilling me and now you're on my team. No. Dude, these seed ankle socks are they're amazing. awesome. I'm wearing them right now. I'm and wearing I'm... them right now. Okay. They're from Seed. Three for two. Three for two. They're ribbed and they're low down enough that you don't see them in your sneakers, but they're high enough that you don't get rubbing on your ankle. And they have a really nice palette. Yeah. They, <laughs> they do. come in nice colours. Yeah, there's a beautiful beigey brown. Yes, colour. I've got those on now, and I got the black and the grey as well. They're so nice. Seed ankle socks for under your trainers, mate. Okay, I've got a really good hashtag not sponsored. Yeah. This is for anyone who's about to have a baby. Okay. Of which there are many in our DL community. It's called Him to Her, but Him is spelt Mm H-Y-M-N. It's an essential birthing kit. Okay. And it's this beautiful pack of heavenly products to help you transition from pre-labor to active labor to postpartum. I was gifted a box from the wonderful Danny Loxton and I was like, oh yeah, like a birthing kit. Let's give this shit a go. (laughs) I used it with Rafa and it was amazing. Now, I'm not generally into this shit, but I am a hardcore convert. So much so that I lent my box to my sister-in-law and another friend, and they were raving about this beautiful birthing kit. Cool. What's in it? Like crystal forceps? No, there's (laughs) there's no crystal forceps. But what it includes, let me open up the website. Bit of gooch cream? No, there is. (laughs) It's not a cream, though. It's so soothing on your perineum. I was a fan of filling up a condom and chucking it in the freezer and then yeah. just putting it in my undies. Yeah, listen, you needed this birthing kit, okay, <laughs> if that's what you were using. Hey, that's a good hack. Anyone out there who's just given birth, if you just uh, chuck a half-filled condom in the freezer, and yes, it needs to be a condom, not a balloon, because it's latex and good for the vag, you can put your little condom slushy in a pad in your undies. You've got a nice, cool vagina. Can I read through this birthing kit now? Okay, so it includes a birthing massage oil, mm-hmm. the birthing mist number one, which is during pre-labor, and then birthing mist number two, which is during the transition phase, peri oil, which mm-hmm. is your perineal. Does anyone know how to say perineum? No, it's, it says perineal preparation. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, that's people who do the massage thing. Yes. So massage your gooch. Well, the idea of it is to minimize tearing, sure. obviously. Then there's perimist. That was the shit I was talking about. That is a 
amazing. What is it? It's a spray mist for afterbirth when it's oh. all stingy and red and raw and angry and it's cool mm. and it's calming. Kind of like aloe vera for your sunburn. Like but a vag spray? Yeah, it's Love heaven. It. Love it. And then there's Milk Mama, which is this oil for your boobs to help bring in your milk. Cool. And then there's this other beautiful spray called Love Bubble, which is for when the baby's here. But my point is, whether you believe in the wonders of essential oils or not, yeah. can I just say the products smell mm. amazing. So when I I was in labor, much like my birthing playlist, where the midwives came in and they were like, oh my God, how good is this playlist? They were also saying, how good does this room smell? <laughs> you nailed it. And this was because of this hymn to her birthing kit by Danny Loxton. Cool. So huge fan, highly, highly recommend you give it a go. Even if you're a skeptic, I dare ya. I double dare ya. Cue the outro. You're gonna yawn your way through the outro. I'm back again, let's do it again. Just what you need to tie your bitches with a podcast. Uh, nap time? Nap time.